it does bring up fear. There's also a natural response in the body. There's adrenaline and excitement and there's, and it's, you know, and so I also feel like it's a really awesome way to be able to like work through fear itself. I am an empowerment coach. I am here to empower you to create the life that you want to live. Silver Lake Priestess podcast. And these are the priestess interviews. We are getting near to our Red Tent Priestess activation here in Los Angeles. And I have taken the opportunity to interview all the priestesses that are coming to share their magic and wisdom with us. So this is great for any of you thinking about coming or for any of you who have already signed up to just get a feel for who's coming and who you're going to be working with, uh, as well as just general inspiration. It's always nice to know that there are others that are like you out there and that you're not alone. So a few things before we get started. If you would like to donate to this podcast, you can go to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Jamie Black. And Jamie is spelled J-A-I-M-E-B-L-A-C-K. And you'll find different ways uh, over there that you can support the music and you can support the podcast. So today we are going to be talking about the serpents. We're going to interview the serpent priestess, Jessica Forrest, and have her share all of her wisdom with us about living with serpents, taking care of them, their behavior, dancing with them, and all of that. So with that, I will take you over to our interview. We're here on the Silver Lake Priestess podcast. I'm Jamie Black, and I'm interviewing Jessica Forrest, Sacred Serpent Guardian. She's going to be coming with her snakes for the serpent dancing and serpent initiation for the Red Tent Priestess activation in Los Angeles this December 7th, 8th, and 9th. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. Oh, you're so welcome. And um, who do you have with you? This is Datu, and Datu is uh, a ball python. He's a humblebee ball python. That's his, the, the morphs that he is. And he's about four years old, and um, he belongs to Amor, who is my, my partner in Shine, and uh, we are Serpentine Soul, and so he is the mate to my beautiful Shakti Mama, all python and she's about eight years old so yeah we've got the chief and we got shakti and so maybe next year we might have some little babies oh i want to see some babies yeah so okay so a lot of people have questions about um the snakes and dancing with them 
there's like excitement and fear that is both mixed in with all of this. So I'm going to ask you questions, you yeah. know, about everything. Um, but just first, you know, this, uh, I've been interviewing the other priestesses that are coming to help facilitate for the Red Tent Priestess activation. And so, mm-hmm. um, and I've also been doing some writing just on the terminology of priestess and what it means. And so I would just like to start with, what does the term priestess mean to you? Yeah, as a priestess. As a priestess. Um, I think it is, you know, first and foremost, it's, it's sovereignty, self-sovereignty, um, and in your own body, and connecting to your body as a woman, and understanding how that vehicle works for you in moving through the world to be able to, you know, create healing and harmony and peace where we go. And I am also learning how to um, accept the term priestess. It's, it's a very, it's a very popular word right now. And I, and I find myself, I get a little like shy about when things get really hyped up or used in pop culture. And, um, so this concept of the priestess is, is very um, romantic right now and evocative. And I love the serpents because they keep it real. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they, are, they are who I, I go to for, for information and for insight into how to move through things in a way that is observant that is sensitive and um, you know when you feel that you are being led to to help people and to to net, to facilitate basically I see I see priestessing as as a way of being a facilitator and there's so many different techniques and methods to help facilitate and and I think it's it's women stepping back into their power into their leadership and really anchoring that into their physical bodies. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Um, I'll just comment on, on that. You know, the, I, I feel like we went through this with the word witch. Um, it's, it's going on now. Um, it was something that I have identified with ever since I was really young. I'm a Scorpio. I'm born around Halloween. Like my whole life has always been, you know, pumpkins and black and white tights and black clothing and, you know, um, But as I got more into my magical practice um, and the astrology, you know, I just got, I really identified with the term. And then in the past year or two, um, there's just been a huge awakening also with that term. And so, yeah, there's like t-shirts that say witch and people are having that all over. And so there's, there was definitely mixed response from me about that because as much as I'm super excited to have uh, all the clothes like available to me and like in pop culture, you know, I'm seeing this, like just this, uh, this really cool imagery and everything everywhere that like I'm already into. Um, you know, at one point I was just kind of like, you know, it's not just like a pop culture thing, but something that I've also come to realize is that it's part of the women's empowerment movement. And for women to be able to identify um, with, uh, that's also like the first time that we can even use this word, right? In, we, in hundreds of years, um, 
you know, it's pretty like dangerous thing. A woman wasn't even calling herself yeah. that before. So, um, and I also read the, the book, Witch by Lisa Lister. And I really just like very much connected with her and so appreciated the way that she explained that book and really empowered women to be like, you can use that term in whichever way you want. You don't have to even dress this way. It's just a woman being in her power. So with the term priestess, it is very known in certain circles of people. And then there's like a whole, the whole rest of everyone that doesn't even know anything about what it is. Right. And I too see it as like a way of uh, facilitating. And I work with women in, um, getting clear on what their sacred purpose is and then like claiming their, uh, yes, claiming their power, but also like taking responsibility for the work that they're supposed to be doing and, you know, leading ritual and leading, holding circles so that all of us women can be together. And so even like with what you're doing with these serpents and being able to, um, you take care of them and you have this experience with them personally, but then you're able to bring them to others to have this experience. It's giving me chills. And so in this experience that we're going to have next weekend, um, it's, it's really such a gift because also there's so much fear. There's a lot of excitement. Like I was saying, people are excited to come and have this experience. But, and I was the same way at first, but as soon as you're in the room with the, serpent and and the knowledge that you're going to have the opportunity to have it on you just the way that you do it does bring up fear there's also a natural response in the body there's adrenaline and excitement and there's and it's you know and so I also feel like it's a really awesome way to be able to like work through fear itself and so you're offering such a safe way just offering that that experience in general um so powerful so um so yeah, so for thank you for, for sharing that. And I would also, we would love to hear just your personal journey. Like how did you get involved in doing this kind of work? And what, how did you get led to the serpents? What was your experience? Yeah, you know, it's actually kind of funny because it's definitely tied into the blood mysteries and it's tied into the red tent. And in, at the end of 2015 or the beginning of 2016, I finished um, a red tent training with Aurora Ray. And, and soon after that, I was contacted by Ananda Ray to start um, holding and organizing for these LA serpent circles. And, and so she was a, she's a serpent keeper and she does um, new moon serpent ceremonies with Chimera Tribe in San Francisco. And I had met her the year before and was, or two years before, and was really just in love with the aspect of dancing with the serpents, with the moon. And at that time, like a little bit before that, I experienced just um, like my belly dance troupe had organically kind of, people had moved away, life had happened. And I was really in a solo um, magical place. And, And I began working with, my blood here in my home and offering it to the land and really connecting with my, my blood prayers and um, really learning a lot from Jasmine Starchild and uh, Laurel Kitten who were doing these really awesome um, informative like YouTube talks and interviews about the blood mysteries. And so I was really praying and working with my blood a lot about calling women back in circle to cycle with each other. 
for us to connect with our blood, for us to call back in the cast out women, call back in the women who've been forgotten so that they can be remembered. And then, and then the serpents started coming in and this shamanic fusion dance. And I am so, so, so grateful for, for that journey. And there were two serpents that were in my um, community at that time that belonged to a wonderful brother. His name is Sunny Soulwind. And these serpents were all, had already been in the community doing healing work. They were used in ayahuasca ceremonies. I don't want to say used, but they were allied with in, in ayahuasca ceremonies and in mushroom ceremonies. And um, for the very same, you know, that healing and, and, and really there's a very primal place that we connect with them. There's a very um, languageless place that we connect with them in. So I had wanted to, you know, like connect with these serpents and it just wasn't working. It wasn't working until ultimately Ananda contacted me in 2016. And then um, we held our first immersion in April. And then it was that June that my, uh, this brother was moving to Hawaii and he wasn't going to be able to have these snakes with him anymore. And it just everything all of a sudden like ding, 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 lined up. And so now here I was able to bring in these beautiful beings that I had really wanted to work with, but the container wasn't right. And now they were coming to me to do, to continue their work. And, and I got them on um, like around the first blood of my 30th year. So I just turned 30. I had just gotten my moon and I was just receiving these snakes. And so it was a really, really, really big initiation. And so they kind of hold the mama and papa role of, uh, you know, my little, my little serpent sanctuary here. And, and more have come on board. And I did a whole year-long um, priestess training with Ananda Ray and Chimera. And it's under the Temple of Isis. And um, so I went through that training. And so it's been these merging of the serpents, the, the dance, and the blood mysteries for me, incorporating that into it. Um, and now I have about five serpents that are mine. Um, and I care for another little baby and he belongs to a sister of mine. So, uh, yeah, there's six in my house now. That's amazing. Yeah. So did you have any fear about dancing with the snake the very first time that it happened for you? Yeah. No. <laughs> some, there's, some of you are like that. It's like, no, I'm ready. Um, I was having dreams of snakes like uh, wrapped around my wrists and my ankles and um, for a few years before mm -hmm. I actually danced with uh, them the first time. And, yeah. Uh, but still, I still had all of my emotions and my nerves and my fear and everything. Yeah. So um, people want to know, like the, the thing people always want to know is if it's going to bite them. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a wild animal. And so there's no, you know, like 100% guarantee on anything. However, these are really, really well socialized snakes and they're very docile. And um, when we bring out the snakes, we, even though it, there is all that excitement, there's all that fear, you know, like we rein it in and we have a little mantra that we say, and that's, I'm a sturdy tree and you are safe with me. 
because these guys don't have any limbs, you know? It's like, it's a full act of trust and surrender for them. And so even though, yeah, we might have fear, they also have fear. They don't have any control of, of what's going on. And so the more that we can, you know, like partner with them and allow ourselves to, to be grounded and to breathe with them and to know that we are the ones that are providing the safety, I think it, it helps people to like kind of shift that mindset and give them their empowerment back. You know, like the power is not about this animal that can attack you. The power is you are a sturdy tree and they are safe with you as opposed to thinking, oh, am I safe with it? It's safe with you. And um, so, you know, some of the ways that a bite could happen is if you're not paying attention to its head and you squish its head or, you know, like there, there are ways that if you are not, if you're not paying attention to what it's doing, then yeah, of course you can, you know, something can happen. But what I can tell you is that nobody has been bit with any of my snakes. Um, and they, ball pythons are the most docile and they're called ball pythons because um, where some snakes, if they feel uh, nervous, they'll go into more of a defensive mode, which is that, that bite. And it's not, people think it's aggression, but really it's, it's defensiveness because they feel unsturdy. They feel unsafe. They feel nervous. So ball pythons will recoil into a little ball. So they're not typically likely to want to wanna strike when they feel, um, you know, and there's, there's temperament differences. So there are some that might be, you know, very strikey, but I don't have any of those in my, in my little sanctuary here. All of these guys are very social. They love to be out. They love to be exploring and they love to be held. They like being in, in partnership. Um, I guess I shouldn't say they like, because I don't know, but I could, you know, they're calm and they're curious, you know, and they, they move around. And um, so I have two boas and I have a, a Colombian red tail boa. She's a, a younger one named Iris. And I have a Dumeril's boa and he's 12. His name is Sydney. And so they are... Um, beautiful souls and all of the pythons and the boas have these very articulated muscles and so they'll like squeeze a little bit and like wrap around you more and I have an all-white snake and he's a colubrid and so he's uh, a bit longer and um, whippier and doesn't have all those like articulated muscles to, to hold on to so you have to be a little bit more careful and hold on to him mm -hmm. uh, but yeah unless you smell like a rat you know, like chances are they're not going to be, they're not going to be biting you. Um, do you take them all out every day? Like how often do these guys come out? <laughs> so I usually try and take them out at least like once a week. Um, you know, somebody gets to come out and play at least once a week. I also, I'm in relationship with them and their moods and their temperaments. So they don't have words and they don't communicate the same way that other mammals do in, in their body language. So they have their own body language that they, that they give off. And, and it's, and it's in a, it's in a cycle and it goes from feeding, you know, you take them out, you feed them, and then they're going to kind of calm down for about a couple of days while they're metabolizing. And I, I don't like to really disturb them too much before, you know, I, People like to let their meals settle and then go to the restroom. 
And, and it's helpful so that when you take them out, they're not going to the restroom on you either. Oh. So, so I wait for them to digest and to go potty. And then usually once they go potty, it's about like three or four days after, depending. Um, they'll be very active and they're feeling fresh and funky and fly and they want to play. And so they'll come up to the door. They'll come up to the window and they'll be like, hey, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to come out. So then I, you know, like, and I want them to feel in trust and in communication that they know when they're coming up to the glass that they'll get to come out and come explore. If they want out, they can come out. And so it begins this, this relationship of trust. And, um, and yeah. And then, you know, certain ones will be more activated at certain times than others. Sometimes they're, they're going into shed and that can be a couple week process. And you'll notice them, you know, like you'll notice their, their pigmentation starting to get a little duller. Um, they'll start getting a little like more sleepy or like burrowing under their substrate and kind of like tucking in. And uh, at a certain point, they'll go completely blind and they, they look very gray. Their eyes look blue because they're secreting a little oil under all of their, their glands and all, all of their skin. And that's what helps like the whole skin shed off is that, that, that like milky, oily kind of secretion. So that can be a couple of weeks where they're like, don't talk to me, you know, don't leave me alone. Um, so yeah, I respect their rhythms and I, res- I, I try to be in communion with their impulses. When they want to move, you know, and like we're, you know, in right time, I'm like, yeah, come on, let's play. And we'll bring them out like on a walk. We'll take them with the dogs. We'll put on a snake, walk the dogs or, you know, take it out. And, you know, like just sometimes if somebody's really active in the morning, like Chago, he tends to be more active in the morning. I might take him out while I'm making coffee and go hang out in the sun with them. Yeah. So it's all relationship and they all have their different temperaments and they all have um, their different rhythms. A lot of the, the ball pythons are nocturnal. Um, and the Dumeril's boa, the old boy, he seems to be more diurnal. He seems to be more active during the day, but sometimes he'll be a night owl. And, and the little baby boa, she also is, um, she'll be more active during the nighttime. Yeah. I want to see her. Yeah. Um, so you're a dancer as well. And so you use the snakes to dance with in performance? So I've just recently, you know, it's been about two and a half years now since I've had them. And so I have used them in, uh, in a couple performances and, and it's really powerful and, and it's really cool to see the way that, that snakes, um, really create a very visceral reaction or curiosity for people. Uh, I got to do a beautiful uh, performance with my friend, uh, Jen McDonald, who's also a belly dancer. She's an ATS teacher and she lives down the street and she is um, a serpent sister of Chimera and was the, the space where we were able to anchor the whole circle for dancing. And so she and I and her, um, the band that she works with, Rhythm Caravan, did a beautiful you know, dance for a friend of mine they had like a housewarming party and we got to bring out the snakes and utilize not only the ATS improvisational style belly dancing, but then also the shamanic fusion uh, dancing that we'd been learning with Ananda. And 
And afterwards, just, you know, have the snakes out and have people come up and either touch them or just ask whatever questions they have about them or, you know, like get to hold them. So there's a lot of buzz that happens with the, with the serpents. And it's, it's really sweet to allow that, that bridge to happen um, for something that people can be really afraid of, but that's also really powerful and has really sweet, peaceful, peaceful medicine. Do you think that the medicine is different for everyone? Yeah. I think, you know, there's definitely like the general umbrella, you know, of, of what serpent represents. And then, and then it is very, it will affect you different than it affects another person. And some people have a very strong fear reaction. Some people are like, oh my God, a snake, yes! And they are like so pumped. <laughs> and they have like, you know, psychedelic experiences. Um, yeah, some people are, are really grounded and, and they have a very internal transformational experience. So it's, it's absolutely different for, for each person. You know, it's just like where, where you're at. And I even, you know, like I'll have my own concepts of what I think my snake's temperaments are like because I'm with them. And then I see them with other people and I'm like, oh, my God, I had no clue that that was in you, you know, like so they they also always continually let me know that I can't put them in a box or put a label on them and that they are just as mutable, um, you know, as the pattern that they make when they're moving, you know, that energy wave. So. Yeah, that's very interesting. Well, thank you for sharing all of that with us. Um, so we're going to have you in the tent next Friday night. I'm actually going to open it up for sisters that can't make the entire weekend to just come for the four-hour new moon ceremony and serpent initiation. Um, and also telling people, you know, it's also their choice. Like just being in the room, yeah. don't feel like you're ready to actually put the snake on you absolutely yeah fine but the experience I've had which is not extensive but I have experienced that one we all feel what everybody is feeling in the room it really is like such um uh there's like a heightened awareness yeah yeah. Um, and, and like I even feel high and it's of course like my body is releasing um, the chemicals and whatever and fear and I feel very euphoric you know there's like a lot of intensity beforehand and then it gets transmuted while I have the snake on me and then after I feel very like activated and also very euphoric the way that it stays with me so I also share with people it's so powerful just to be in the room and so oftentimes people who are having a fear will then actually choose even though they thought they never would actually choose to try to interact with that snake in some way yeah um so it's a really exciting powerful experience and also something to go through like a transformational weekend to do something like that in the beginning just like really brings it all up for you and allows you to start working um so tell us how people can find you and I also know that you have an event that's going to be coming up after we do our Red Tent together. Yeah, so um, my name, again, is Jessica Forrest, as with two R's. 
You can find me on Facebook. Um, and also we have a Facebook page. It's called Serpentine Soul. And we have a group that's called Serpentine Soul Circle. And they're linked together. And the event that we're doing is for the solstice. It's going to be December 22nd on Saturday. And it's just kind of weaving itself together into really honoring all the four elements as well as spirit, which is going to be represented by the serpent and utilizing these four chiefs of energy holders to allow us to transform whatever is the rest of the darkness that we want to transform so that we can claim our light so that we can claim our joy as as the solstice is coming in you know like a lot of people have been going through a long night of the soul a dark night of the soul and in, in summer and fall for all of that stuff yeah 2018 has been a big kick in the teeth for some people and and I like what you talked about, you know, about some people when they get to face their fear and, and be with the serpents and, and that energy of, of euphoria. And I think that's part of the empowerment that, that comes from dancing with the serpents. And that's the energy that we want to bring in also to the solstice is that we, we are the alchemists, you know, and we get to ally with these beings to allow us to utilize this energy because fear is a powerful energy, but it's ours, it's ours. And when we're in fear, we're putting our energy outside of us. And we are, we're, we're in subservience to that fear. And when we work with the snakes, it allows us to take that energy back to conquer that fear, to transmute it. And you get your euphoric bliss back. You get your, your rapture back. And that's yours. That's your sacred right to be able to have that enter back into your body and to anchor it back into your viscera. Call in your light. Call in your soul light. So we're going to be working with cacao and kava. We're going to be um, working with the drum. The drum is a really big tool that's been um, coming back to both Amor and I. And, and a big part of our like LA kind of vibe is, is this pulse of the drum. And, and I also want to honor Miranda Rondeau, who, who is our teacher for that. My and I love, I know, I love Miranda. So, yeah, utilizing the drum, utilizing these sacred herbs and, and ally medicines. Like, we have these, these tools that all connect with each other to help us stir our cauldron and to help us get our magic and our juices back. So, working with um, the cacao and kava, the drums, the dancing, and then we're going to have... Um, a ritual burning, like a little firelight ceremony of, of really writing down. You're going you're gonna to move it through your body and then you're going to write it down, what you're releasing and what you're calling in. And we're going to have a little fire and, um, and then we're going to light some, some candles for your soul light, a little candle, candle ceremony and nourishing each other's soul light, seeing everyone's little lights together, being nourished in the waters of of our souls when we're in that collaboration and that community with each, with each other. So yeah, we're really excited about it. Me too. It's so beautiful. Um, I can't wait for that. And I can't wait for next weekend. Thank you so much for coming on and being here and sharing all of your wisdom and your beautiful light and your beautiful Thank you, Jamie. Yes. Okay, I will put your information in the show notes, but um, everybody, please 
look up Jessica. Come join us next Friday night. Yay! Red Tent Priestess activation. Blessed be. Blessed be. Thank you, Jamie.